Welcome to Witch Yes, a podcast for casual conjurings, witches in training, and folks whose other podcasts don't upload until Thursday. I'm Tara Keck. And I'm Alicia Herter. On today's podcast, we're going to talk about Tara and Alicia's adventure in Salem, Massachusetts, famous witches in history, witches in the news, and divination through pie making. Salem this weekend and it wasn't just me and you it was me you and Mallory Porter our creative director and we went because it was basically our our three birthdays are so close together and it's the cutest thing in the world so cute we call it our Scorpio birthday party Mm -hmm. and so we used to have birthday parties in high school and then we didn't we should have we all went to the same undergrad (laughs) (laughs) and then yeah we didn't like hang out in undergrad that much like you and I lived together but even then like we had our own separate lives yeah we did our growing separately studying I didn't. I studied a fuck ton. <laughs> but that's only a bummer for me. It's okay. <laughs> but yeah, so we rented this very fucking creepy Airbnb in Ipswich. Oh, it was so terrifying. Which Ipswich is known because they have one of the jails that some of the Salem witch trial victims had to be set up in because they filled their jails in Salem. So that's fun. But our little Airbnb was literally in the middle of nowhere. It was, it was like, in like a fucking marsh or something. Yeah. Like in the middle of a swamp. And we got there in the dead of night. It was so terrifying. And there were two exit signs inside of the Airbnb. So when we got there through the windows, it was just red light. It looked like the fucking devil lived in there. <laughs> Satan, Satan is home. <laughs> it was so awful. <laughs> It was terrifying because the whole time we're just driving and we're like, oh, wow, there's no lights anywhere. Do, 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 do. That's fine. These roads don't make sense. And then we get to like this haunted hell house. <laughs> and our brave friend Mallory isn't even there yet. So it's just Tara and I. <laughs> and we're both little pussycats. And we are. And this isn't the first time we've had a very scary Airbnb together. <laughs> Anytime Alicia and I get an Airbnb together, it's high key associated with some kind of cult. It's so awful. And it's happened like three times. It's so scary. I hate it. We went into Ipswich where like as we were trying to find a place to eat because we were really hungry. Basically any restaurant we went into, everyone looked at us like we did not belong there. Like they could tell. But, but they were they- all white like us. Like it did not make any sense. <laughs> Was Those like, girls Ooh. are wearing too much eyeliner. Yeah, we were though, but we looked good. We looked really good. And then we went to this liquor store where we were like, we knew that we wanted to get rosé because we were going to do tarot readings and witchy stuff that evening. And like we go into the liquor store and it's run by this woman. And we were like, hey, what, what time, time do you, you close? Close, yeah. She was like, 10.30. And if you come at 10.29, we have to kill you. And I was like, we have to get out of here. And it was like fucking 8 o'clock. Like we had plenty of time, but we were like, uh, no, oh, okay. oh nice joke, Miranda. <laughs> see, you, see you soon. We were so terrified. And then Mallory came and it got better. Well, also our Airbnb, half of it is a yoga studio, which means it's frighteningly bare. Yeah. There's nothing, there was no furniture or anything. Lots of room for sacrifice. Yeah, it was terrifying. And so Tara ended up making a ring of Christmas lights. And so we all just sat in this ring of lights, <laughs> which was very adorable. <laughs> very adorable and mystic, but it was because it was so fucking frightening. Yeah. And then there was the stigmata paintings in Mallory's bedroom right? that she had to take off the wall. There were like these stigmata paintings or like these like hands, like these ceramic hands with stigmata in them that she took off the walls and also a painting of like these women like walking through the marsh that she took down and turned around towards the wall. That's funny. I didn't know she did that. (laughs) And then in our room, there was the tiniest door. <gasps> right that above was my head and it was locked and it was locked so we had no idea what was in there and that wasn't like the only door that was locked there were several locked there doors. were several locked doors and i was like what what's in and of here? course when we arrived this is just a long airbnb review apparently <laughs> is what our podcast has become but when we arrived the doors were unlocked mm-hmm. so that made it like five times spookier because we were like what if someone came in here and none of the windows locked animal. either yeah none like, of the windows were locked none of the windows could lock because i was like ha ha like I, at least the windows locked and then i was like they don't fucking lock <laughs> just Whee! 
I was so scared. <laughs> I was like, we are sitting ducks. We are only here for two days. How did this happen to us? Well, it helps that neither of us are virgins, so there's no That's way true. that we could ever be sacrificed or no. of any use to the devil, really, in yeah. any way. We did not light any black candles. And if... Oh, we did. We A grounding candle, but we did yeah. not... As in Hocus evil. Pocus, light a black candle and bring back three witches, including like Bette Midler and Sarah Jessica Parker. And, and who's the other one? one? Oof, bummer. <laughs> I feel like she's forgotten all the time. <laughs> you know. <laughs> she whoops. That was a good scene. She didn't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. She was my favorite. I liked her because she wrote on the vacuum. The vacuum, yeah. That was really cool. Anyways. Okay, so but then that night we did tarot readings and they were not good. They were not good. Well, I mean... Some are okay. Some are okay. When we did a general, like, how will our 27th year of life be? That one was not good. No, it wasn't. I don't really remember. Do you remember? It was something about it just being really hard and all these awful cards kept, like, falling out, which I That's think right. means that they just didn't want to be in the shuffle, but you were like, no, these cards no, are they important. Jumped. Yeah, it's like they jumped out of my hand. And it was basically, like, suffering, heartbreak, betrayal. Yeah. Like, over and over and over again. And it happened like three times. And then when I dealt out the tarot and did the spread, it was basically like, you need to be okay with like the fact that you are not going to be recognized for your efforts and your value. And that this is going to be a really difficult year with like a lot of strife. So thank you to everyone who is listening to our podcast. Please keep it up because we need this recognition and value in our life. I literally do not know how to measure myself and like how well I'm doing. Unless someone else is telling me I'm doing great. It's a problem with academia, baby. We've been in school for too long. I know. I know. Genuinely. Genuinely, though. But that's okay. That's another conversation. Yeah, one of the things mentioned was that one of us, it didn't say who. I know. But one of us is going to cause, like, some major fucking drama this year. And Tara and Mallory just look at me. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck it's y'all. You. But we have no proof it's me yet. We don't. We have no fucking proof. And you're not even the drama mama. Are you the drama? I, I don't know. I'm Am really I the drama, drama mama? mama? I think we're all three really dramatic. I, I don't know. There's a million things that could not go well for us. We live in New York City. I know. <laughs> Honestly. Honestly. I like, dot, dot, dot. In that moment, I lived through an entire lifetime of everything that could possibly go wrong in my life. <laughs> So the next day we went into Salem and we looked at all of their witchy shops. Mm -hmm. I got a lot of rocks. You got me a lot of rocks. I got you. I got everyone rocks. I literally went up to, I think it was like the fourth one we went into. And I went up to the counter and I was like, I would like to purchase these rocks. Please. (laughs) Please, sir. (laughs) Can I have some more? I I really want these rocks. (laughs) And Jericho was like, okay. Okay. That smelled like 20 bucks. (laughs) Here's a flyer. Here's a handout. Here's a flyer. Bogo. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So, but no, but so we had anyway. one of the big things that I was really excited about was that we had set up like a month in advance mm-hmm. to go have these psychic readings done. And we had picked bone throwing. Yeah. And I was so excited. Anyone? Mallory was so excited. Like I told everyone. Yeah. So did she. I don't have that many people to tell. I told Marcel. <laughs> And like, but we were excited, and we were so excited. And um, fucking spoilers, we didn't get to do bone throwing because the person that does bone throwing broke their fucking shoulder, yeah. and you can't throw bones. They were like literally in the hospital, though. To be fair, like, fuck them. When we were there, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, we had an appointment. We did have an appointment. So instead, Alicia and I got chakra readings, mm-hmm. and Alicia's was really cool. So go ahead and tell them about your great time, <laughs> and then I'll bitch, and then you can bitch about yours, dude dudes dudettes witches mine was fucking awesome he's like looking at me holding his hand out in front of me and he's like you have an angel that protects you and this angel is androgynous maybe leading more towards the masculine energy but pretty androgynous and he is like a warrior of angels the coolest fucking thing i've ever heard in my life it's really fucking cool and then you also have another angel who's a more feminine energy who's just like She's a little less included than the first angel, but she's still there. She's still around if, like, backup is needed. And then he says that I have two ancestors who are also always around me. And they could be anyone. And I asked if, this might have been a foolish question, but I was not sure. I asked if the angels were ancestors. I didn't know if those, like, link over. I had just watched Casper, to be fair. And then (laughs) the mom was an angel. So, like, I was very confused, you know? Like, I don't Mm -hmm. know. I don't know how they work. I don't know how angels work. And so he said, the angels are not relatives. 
<laughs> so I was like, okay, sorry, guys. Yo. <laughs> they like not family. Well. Yeah. They like family. They're protecting me like family. And then I have two ancestors who are watching me. And apparently they could be ancestors from the most recently deceased to like way, 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 way back. But he didn't know. He didn't he know. He couldn't tell by what they were wearing? No. He couldn't tell me their names or anything. You know, what a bummer. But the psychic said that maybe I could figure out who they are and then I could start talking to them. And I was like, I appreciate that, but I also don't know if I should just start talking to two people who are in my family that have been dead for a while. Like, might be a little psychotic, but that's okay. So I have these cool angels and relatives looking out for me. You're like a fucking, you have a squadron of angels. I do. I have like a fleet. They flank, yeah, a fleet of <laughs> angels. They follow you in a V formation. Yeah, actually. No, that works perfectly. So that was pretty cool. Highlights. He was like, you're pretty fearless. It's uh, true. That's real. Yeah. But I couldn't tell if he could just like tell. Like, do you just look at me when I enter a room and you're like, whoa, <laughs> this girl is not to be fucked. With those boots? With that hair? Mm-mm. No mm-mm, fear. Mm-mm, mm-mm. The, the bigger the hair, the closer to God? No. <laughs> Do not fuck with this girl. So I'm not sure if that was a on first appearance type of thing or what, but he said that I'm in a good stage of healing and that my, at least my romantic relationship will be good for the next six months. And I was like, six months is good. That's a good time. (laughs) Great. Six months is awesome. He started talking about some screenplays I've been writing and to just like keep, keep doing the thing. Just keep doing it. Well, that was pretty much mine. The most exciting part was the fleet of angels and the ancestors, like beyond everything. So whenever I'm like walking, I'm like, okay, whoa, is this enough room for my angels? Like, <laughs> like, like today I took up like three seats on the bus, but I'm like, it's for my angels and my ancestors. Like, there's got to be room for us all. Like, what if someone tries to knife me? <laughs> like, I can't deal with that. So yeah, tell us about how your reading went. It was kind of the exact opposite of mine. There so were no st- angels. <laughs> I was really looking forward to this. So basically, he told me I want a husband. Do you want a husband? Tell the pod. Tell the pod. (laughs) And basically, he was like, so you want your husband to be funny? You want your husband to be intelligent? You want your husband to be handsome? And I was like, yes. Yes to all three. Yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. He was like, you're adventurous, but a little serious. And I was like, yeah, can't you? I'm dressed in all black. I'm wearing dark sunglasses on the inside. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just like, honestly, I was so disappointed. And like, he was asking me about like hard sciences. And at one point I was like, actually, no, I have an MFA and I'm an artist. Yeah. He was like, well, it seems like you're at a crossroads. And I was like, we all are. He was like, you really want to be psychic. And I was like, yes, but like, (laughs) but also we all do. But also we all do. I literally said that to him. I was like, yeah, but we all do. And he was like, but you really want it. And I was like, stop looking through the veil. (laughs) I just want to bend spoons. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe I'm just an easy read. But like the one thing that did hit home a little bit was that he read my heart chakra and also his right hand out. Maybe it was his left hand out and his right hand like kind of like around his face. And he has this goatee. And I was like really focusing on like the goatee. And it's like your heart chakra is like hidden between these two mountains within a valley. And Basically, what's happening to the light from my heart chakra is that it's only pointing out in one direction. I don't know. To me, it seemed like my heart being hidden within this valley and only being able to be projected through a single opening was me really constricting how I share myself with people to a way that I think that they will appreciate me most, Mm -hmm. which is real. Like I've told you this before that I like, I'm not 100% honest with basically anyone in my entire life and I perform for everyone like even like my closest friends and so he was like you need to lift your heart chakra it's not about destroying the mountains it's about lifting your heart chakra and the light that you have to share like outside of those mountains and above them because it's going to be too hard to break down those mountains that you need to like completely Mm -hmm. just evacuate that space and he was like this is going to help you in your personal relationships and this is going to help you in your artistic career because I also like perform when I make art. Like I'm a performance artist and Mm -hmm. a drawer and a printmaker and a bunch of other things. But like I also definitely, when I'm thinking about my art practice, I'm thinking about what other people will perceive of it. Will perceive of it. And that's like something that comes from academia, right? But like, and like having a master's degree, like you always have to like 
explain yourself. I don't know. That was something that I was like, oh yeah, I do like entirely perform for other people and I only show people a very small portion of myself, the part that I think that they will like the most, mm-hmm. um, which comes with being a fake bitch. So probably just comes with the digital age. The digital age. And our beautiful Instagrams. Uh, mine, I don't take care of mine. And also like <laughs> years and years of like social rejection. Yeah. Which create a persona that is like highly curated. So that's what I'm working on is elevating my heart chakra. But the rest of it fucking suck because I want my husband to be dull. I want him to be ugly so that he can never leave me. Okay. I'm sure we can find a guy like that. We live in New York City, baby. <laughs> Open your door. <laughs> Just like first man that likes me on OkCupid. <laughs> Done. Date. Date. Marriage. Marriage. So that's what's up. And also yeah, I think Mallory up. also had an angel or something. I was just mad about not having angels. Dude, it's pretty awesome. I was like, am I alone? Does no one love or care about me? The psychic was like, have you felt like there have been people around you when you've been alone? And I'm like, I don't know. How do I answer that? Now I do. Now I do. So, yeah, it's hard to live your, like, day by day without feeling judged by a bunch of angels that you can't see. And I guess to conclude this, how much do you tip a psychic? How much do you tip a psychic? The debate of the century. It continues. So I actually did some light research. You did? Oh, yeah. I didn't prepare. You just tip them like 18%. Like fucking however much you would tip to go out to eat, that's how much you tip. But I think it's harder because in the moment, I always have to use a calculator to figure out tip. Like I'm just not math savvy enough to do it in my head. And so I don't know how you balance pulling out a calculator in front of a psychic to figure <laughs> out exactly how much cash. Because you're always paying in cash. Like I've never yeah. been to a psychic that took card. But if you guys start, you should really let me know. Yeah, can't you guys just get like the square? The square. And like, then it tells you how much to put for tip anyway. Yeah, it's so easy. Also, I just want to say, and this is me being like a cunt basically. Yeah. I didn't get to do bone throwing. I paid $40 a month in advance for a 15-minute session with a man that told me I wanted a husband. Yeah. So, no. When I could have told you this. Yes, I do. <laughs> Anyone that looks me in the eyes knows like oh wow you feel Holy lonely show you you're a man hasn't touched you in years oh my god it's like okay guys yeah i don't know I, but i also said to your discretion like if it's a bad server or waiter like you want to tip them as much so I it's kind of the tip. same with a bad psychic reading or a bad psychic yeah i don't know so anyone ever wanted to know if you had known you would you have tipped him i mean that fleet of angels i honestly forgot cool. so this is scumbag sally over here me being like i just forgot to tip because we spent $40, which, you know, you buy the service, that's fine. You also tip when you get your hair done, and normally yeah. that's a lot too. Yeah. And I just blinked. And then I was like, okay, great. And it's also, I feel like going to a psychic, you're like, okay, I'm excited. And then you sit there and you're nervous. Oh, I was so nervous. I was, I was sweating. so scared. Because you're like, oh, God, please don't tell me something awful. Like, all my relationships are a lie. Yeah. Like, don't break me at the core. And so I was just like trying my hardest to be in the moment and listen to everything he was saying that by the end I wasn't thinking about tip which is very bad on me so maybe I should like figure out his Venmo and be like yo sorry what's up okay so what did yeah what did we learned what did we learn we went on that tour we went on a tour of Salem and we learned a lot Oh, yeah, we learned a lot, and he was freezing, and we had that really wonderful young man with a single earring tell us about... He was very cute. He nice. was adorable. Mm-hmm. He was probably, like, 19. Yeah, he was a baby. So basically what happened, this is what we learned, mm-hmm. that what we often think of as the witches, quote-unquote witches, that died in the Salem witch trials are actually a very small percentage of those whose records we have, that they actually destroyed o- almost over 100 records. So there's just, like, people whose names will never ever know but were tortured and murdered and killed during this this like hysteria yeah and that there is basically a mass grave somewhere in salem that they put these bodies in and they don't even know where it is which is terrifying it could be anywhere it could be anywhere like this is now a modern town so it could be anywhere yeah it was very enlightening because it's like okay let's go to salem massachusetts let's be witchy like this is fun but you're also going to a place where around 200 people were accused and over 100 people died Mm -hmm. were being persecuted as being like a witch as being an other figure or as being like a protestant weeding out tool Mm -hmm. and it's so interesting that it's been reclaimed 
I don't even know if it's been reclaimed. I don't think it's reclaimed. I think it's capitalism yeah. has found a way to make money off of anything. Exactly. Like we were told, I had a friend who went to Salem in October and she was telling us it was like Disney World packed. God, that's so crazy. And it's not even like that big. There's like yeah, one street you go on. It's like two or three blocks called mm-hmm. Essex Street. And first weekend of November, hey, it was great. Like, there were only a few people there. Like, we moved very easily. Some of those shops are very small, too. I can't imagine being in there with all those people. Yeah. No, it would just be fucking crazy, which I'm sure is great for the Massachusetts economy. Yeah. But it's just interesting to me that something so horrifying has been taken and just, I don't know, kind of almost like abused in a way. Because you also don't even hear about the full history of the Salem witch trials, unless you actually do some more digging into it, or if you go on a tour or something. It's interesting. It's real sad. Yeah. It's, it's real sad. Yeah, you know, basically the commodification of, of like horrible, horrible violence yeah. that happened. And, and like a bunch of, there's a large neo pagan community there, mm-hmm. which like is awesome and great. And I'm like, I'm glad that a bunch of people are able to create like a family um, within a small town. But like the reason that people go there is like a strange circle jerk of violence, basically. Yeah. I really wanted to go there because I was really interested in the history. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine going there to be like, yes, witches. Yeah. It's really sad. It's a really sad place. It is a very sad place. One of the stories that really stood out to me was that there was a mother and a family who got accused of being a witch. And so basically her whole family fled except for their youngest, who was this little girl. She was like maybe two or three at the time. But then by the age of four, apparently in Malleus Maleficarum, says that witchcraft passes hereditary so that your child would have it, which we've talked about hereditary witches and stuff on our previous episode. But then assuming that this girl who's now four is a witch... They take her to court. She has a trial. And then she admits to being a witch because she knows her mom's in jail and she can be with her mom. That's the saddest thing. And so they ended up like breaking the barrier between two cells so that they could be together. Her mom gets hung and this four-year-old gets tortured. Mm -hmm. And then when everything finally ends, she has no family basically that'll claim her. Like no property. She's like a young teenager like flung on the streets and she ends up just dying in the streets. And just based off of like the trauma. Yeah. Of what just happened to her. And it's just so sad and it's stuff like that. And it's especially relevant with like this current presidency and just like the persecution yeah. of different religions families. and ethnic backgrounds yeah. in this country. And it's, it just, I feel like it just feels heavier when you can more or less relate to it. Yeah. And that was the only spot I had like really bad chest pains at the mm-hmm. spot that we were at where they held they had the prison which is now I think like a it's not a courthouse it's like some kind of office building yeah I like was having really bad chest pains and feeling really lightheaded that I had to sit down and I didn't feel that anywhere else yeah so at the time I was like oh I'm just like hungry we were very hungry at that point but um in my heart of hearts I knew it's because I like can feel spirits and I'm a psychic (laughs) so emergency 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 which is 911 So this is the first time that we're doing this, but we actually had a friend of the pod contact us with an important question. Kelly, one of Alicia's friends, had an interesting question asked in an interview. And I've never encountered this. Have you, Alicia? I have not. Which it sounds weird. Yeah. But also maybe a very L.A. thing to do. So this is our call with Kelly Urban. We have her on the line. Hi, Kelly. Cool. So um, I just got done with an interview in L.A. I met with this woman who is a first-time director, long-time actress, to shoot her short film based in Atlanta. It went really well, I think, until the end, where the very last question she asked me right before we like both went to our car, she was just like, she's like, also, I'm super into astrology. Like, what's your sign? And I'm not like into astrology. Like, I I totally understand. It's a very like LA thing. A lot of people are. Um, <laughs> so I had to like kind of think about it for a second. And I was like, and I'm an Aries, and she's like, what's your birthday? And I was like, April fourth, because I know that one. Good. And then she's like, oh my god, I'm a Leo, and I was like cool literally no fucking clue what that is at all i immediately had to call alicia and was just like my only friend who does this and understands what this means like what what did i just blow this do i need to call my mom and yell at her for cutting me out too early well no i think like 
her just being excited about it is very good because mm-hmm. I know okay, there are a few signs for me at least where I'll be like I'll hear them and I'll be like oh <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's, well okay so yeah. I'll say that like to my understanding the Aries sign is like kind of more aggressive yeah and like being a fire sign is like destructive aggressive like pushy stuff like that and Obviously, there's good things, too, but I can totally see how somebody would, like, see that sign and just be like, oh, no. (laughs) So I was, like, a little worried about it because, like, I I don't really feel like I'm a pure Aries. Like, when I look at those traits, I'm just, like, I can see how I'm, like, be a little aggressive sometimes, but I don't know. Like, I'm just, like, I don't want to be, like, a total turnoff, you know? Totally, but you're also, like, a woman in a leadership role, so you need to have those like signs of fire and like pushiness and aggression like just to get things rolling (laughs) also can i can i talk about how like pushiness and aggression used against women is actually just like a strong leadership role in a woman that knows what she wants and like knows we wouldn't necessarily like when a man is aggressive we think of it sometimes as like actually a really positive trait and so when attributed Mm -hmm. to a woman it's like a very negative trait so i wouldn't worry about that and also, we pulled up astrostyle.com. Because <laughs> <laughs> we need to fact check. It. We fact checked. We fact checked it. And, um, and I think we have really good news for you. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm going to read this word for word because it's, it's very extra. Are you ready? Yes, I'm so ready. <laughs> so there's these two white women on the side of the, the website. And they're basically like, roll out the red carpet, tip off the paparazzi, because Aries and Leo are star-powered match. Yay! Yay! There is a celeb quality to your combo that makes you electrifying to behold as a couple. So this is a love one. But, like, I imagine that it's very similar. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Alicia and I are very in love. Yeah, there's a level of romance whenever you collaborate with someone in the film industry. (laughs) Basically, it says... Absolutely. Like, the interviews are considered dates. Yeah, basically. Like, in a weird way. You it's get like coffee, like you schmooze a little, maybe you flirt a little. You gotta, gotta win them over. So oh. it sounds like you finally found someone who can keep up with your tireless energy. You're both a little self-centered and bossy at times, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so just, I think. This is all checking out so far. <laughs> <laughs> so it looks like the downsides are issues can flare up when kids come into the picture. Bitch, there's no kids in this situation. <laughs> Are there kids in the movie? (laughs) No, no kids in the movie. Check. No problems then. Yeah, I think. That looks. Yeah, you look really good. Also, two fire signs together. I don't know. I like to hang out with other water signs as a water sign. Mm -hmm. So I feel like fire signs together are just going to, like, you'll create a swirling vortex of power and energy that is going to propel you forward through this film. Oh, I love that. (laughs) So, yeah, I think your interview went well. Okay, good. Yeah, because I felt like it went really well. I'm super excited that that our assigns align. I love it. I'm, I'm so happy. I'm glad this worked out. Yay! I was like, I have to ask Tara. We got to figure it out together. <laughs> Congratulations, Kelly. I feel super good about it. Thank yeah, you. Me too. You Thank need to you. Let us I'm know. excited. Yeah. Let us know if you get it. Oh, I will. All right. Well, it was That's good so talking real. to you, Ma, but we have to finish recording our okay. podcast. Thanks for letting us record you. Thank you, Kelly. Yeah, of course. Bye. 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 Moving on. Moving on to Famous Witches. witches. The stars. The stars. They're up in the sky. They're closer now. Okay, so. Yeah. We have assembled a list of famous witches. And this is a base list. This is There so- are plenty of other famous witches and come at us. Like <laughs> When I searched famous witches, I got a lot of stuff of like witches that were persecuted or quote unquote witches that were persecuted. Yeah. But it seemed like a lot of those were actually like men and women that were deep into like Catholicism or the Protestant faith that were actually just labeled as witches mm. and then murdered. And I was like, that doesn't seem very respectful. So I thought we'd keep it like. Keep it light. So the first one that we're going to talk about is Lilith. Is she a witch? Is she a witch? We don't really know. I just learned about Lilith for the first time literally maybe two weeks ago. Tara mentioned it and I was like, 
who the fuck is that? Because she sounds fucking awesome, you guys. She's from Jewish mythology, developed in the 3rd and 5th century. She's in the Hebrew Bible. And Lilith is said to be created at the same time and from the same clay as Adam, like Adam and Eve Adam, on Rosh Hashanah. And so around the Middle Ages, it was written more that Lilith had left Adam after she refused to be subservient to him. So basically, she refused to be Adam's bitch. And she left. Do it. Yes. I know, right? Isn't bye. that cool? Fuck you. Bye. I didn't even know this person existed. <laughs> and I was like, okay, and there was Eve, and then they ate the apple, and everyone was mad at Eve, which isn't fair, because, like, knowledge is power, and everyone was mad at her. And over here is Lilith being like, I got that dick, and I left. <laughs> and then you know what she fucking does? She leaves Adam, and she starts having sex with a motherfucking archangel. She couldn't return to the Garden of Eden, which makes sense. She left. <laughs> You know, it's like, okay, you left, like, you can't come back. It's like a members-only club, like, where you have to live. <laughs> That's called a cult. That, oh, you're right. That is called a cult. You'll see me at the members-only club, you guys. They'll be like, brunch, and I'll be like, oh, members-only? And then I'll be stuck there with my two angels and two ancestors being like, why did she do this? But also in the Jewish folk tradition Lilith is associated with having long hair which is a symbol of a dangerous seductive power and with possessing women by entering them through mirrors which if anyone thinks about the chilling adventures of Sabrina the teenage Whoa, witch yeah there was the demoness named Lilith yep. who could literally enter the house through different mirrors that's and crazy. like watch through different mirrors I didn't even think about that so I saw that and I was like yo that's real it's really cool it's really cool Good job, Sabrina. Good job, Sabrina. Doing their research, you know? I always appreciate a show that does their research. There's like some intern out there that was like, must have got it. (laughs) Check. They're going to promote me one day. And I guess Hebrew women were afraid of Lilith stealing their children. This was a major thing. And I couldn't find anything that said exactly why or when Lilith stole their children. She doesn't want children. Why would she want your children? I don't know. She doesn't want a husband? No, she has a husband. That archangel is her husband, apparently. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. Get married? They, I guess you can have like... Are they a 21st century couple? Yeah. There are orgies down there. Like, it's an open relationship, yeah. for sure. But I guess they were afraid of Lilith stealing their children. And it is told that the word lullaby comes from the Hebrew word Lilith Abai, or Lilith Abbey which basically means Lilith be gone, right? Tara just stared at me, and that's why I was like, yeah. So Jewish mothers would hang four amulets on the nursery walls, which all had the inscription, Lilith Abai. So, lullaby. Isn't that weird? So she's real, right? Like, nothing else makes sense. Yeah. Like, she has to be real. Yeah, I mean, probably. I think it makes sense. There's a lot of mirrors in my house. There are a lot of mirrors in my house. High risk. There's one right there. There's two in my room. There's probably more than two. We just haven't seen them yet. Isn't that crazy? crazy. And I didn't even know about her a few weeks ago. And now she's over here just kicking ass and being a feminist icon of the 21st century. And then Tara's going to talk about the next one. Baba Yaga? Baba Yaga. Okay, tell us about Baba Yaga, because... That name is great. So at first, as I thought you, Baba, from Spirited Away, which was like the witch woman that owned the bathhouse, was supposed to be Baba Yaga. I It's not. Assumed that was her name. I know. For years, I thought this. That's funny. Okay. So the Baba Yaga is from Slavic folklore. And so she's like this witch-like character who flies around on a giant mortar and pestle That's and cool. kidnaps and threatens to eat small children and lives in a house that has chicken feet. Wait, the house has chicken feet? The house has chicken feet. To run away? What is this fucking fever dream that all Slavic people got together and they were like, yeah, this is real. <laughs> I'm like, wad- I'm making waddling hand motions right now. Like <laughs> little chicken. And so just a little bit more about the Baba Yaga house is that the keyhole to her front door is a mouth filled with sharp teeth. Ew. Which means Baba Yaga can't get into her house through her front door, so she flies down the chimney. Like Santa Claus. Like Santa Claus. Is Baba Yaga Santa Claus? Let's find out. You know what's waiting for her in there? Servants and severed hands that like wait on her all day long. That sounds pretty close. I know. Doesn't that sound great? That sounds pretty cool. (laughs) So the Baba Yaga is generally seen as an antagonist. Like she's going to steal your children and eat them. And she hungry. She hungry. She lives in the woods. So we didn't. Lilith had no idea what to do with the children. So she probably just gave them to Baba Yaga and was like, at least you have something. (laughs) <laughs> no, this homies is like, look I out for homies <laughs> yeah i don't want this and so usually she's portrayed as like this fearsome old crone with iron teeth but there are on occasion there are occasions where she is seen as 
like this person that people can go to, wandering spirits or lost spirits can go to for guidance. So it really depends on her mood. Okay. How she's feeling. So she can either be like grandma or... She's like an angry old granny who like will send you $20 for your birthday. Okay. But Um, might also eat you. But might also eat you. Okay. Do you think the Hansel and Gretel witch... Is yeah. based off of Baba Yaga? It's possible. I okay. think that there's a long legacy of mythos of old women in the woods. Just devouring that children. That love to eat children and engage in cannibalism. And that's something that is also often attributed to just witches in general. It's just infanticide and eating children okay. and cannibalism. So she old. She yeah. tired. She's usually portrayed as thin as a skeleton with a ferocious appetite. Okay. And her nose is so long that it rattles against the ceiling of her hut when she snores. And she sleeps stretched out in all directions upon her ancient brick oven. And whenever she appears, a wild wind begins to blow. The trees around creak and groan and leaves whirl around the air. So basically, she's me. Yeah. And I highly identify with her. She sounds great. We'd be friends. I feel like so. Because She's probably a Scorpio. (laughs) She probably is. Because she appears to have no power around those that have been blessed and are pure of heart. So I don't think we really have an issue. Yeah. All right. I love her. <laughs> so is she only in Slavic regions or? I don't know. I think that the Bobby Yaga archetype shows up Everywhere. in a lot of places. Yeah. And I've heard of her in a lot of stories. So I think that story of the Bobby Yaga has like proliferated mm-hmm. around the world. She seems great. Like, I don't know if I'd ever, like, go visit her, but... I'd be Instagram friends with her. So, next one is Marie Laveau, the voodoo queen. I'm I have about it. incorporated a picture for you. I love the picture. Look at her. She's gorgeous. I'm terrified of her. Yeah. Like, so, it's a little bit... The picture is a little bit of a Mona Lisa effect. It, right? like, follows you. Yeah, her eyes follow you regardless of where you your body goes. moving around. We're just swaying back and forth. We are. So, Marie Laveau is the most famous voodoo practitioner basically of all time. Good for her. I know. And so she was born a free black woman in New Orleans in the mid-1700s and became the most well-known voodoo priestess in the 18th century in Louisiana. Hell yeah, baby. It's most likely that she was a devout Catholic and it was known that she would attend mass fairly often, but she was also an advocate for the voodoo religion, believing in practicing voodoo with the aid of, I believe it's the Loes? Voodoo gods, of which there are many. Oh. And and she was very well versed in the art of intuition and seership, which I believe is also like a clairvoyancy. Mm-hmm. She's even venerated in folk Catholicism. She's got like that's awesome, which is crazy because she's also cool. a voodoo queen. Yeah, that's really awesome. She even has a feast day, which is if you want to celebrate it, and it's June fifteenth and September tenth. I don't know why those days are special and important. But there you go. I always want a feast day. So that sounds great. (laughs) So she would mix the occult part of her magic with Roman Catholic saints and African spirits. And her symbols in the Catholic faith are the element of water and the rooster. Are roosters known as a satanic symbol? I don't know. Okay. I don't know either. I don't know who told me that. Right? I don't know who told me that. Yeah. So she also practiced root work, which is also called hoodoo. I never knew that hoodoo was like an actual spiritual practice, which is from West Africa and came to the U.S. through the transatlantic slave trade. She also engaged in Native American and African spiritualism. And I couldn't seem to find what indigenous tribe her ancestry is from or what that Native American spiritualism is. Yeah. But it was there. Okay. So there's a little bit of speculation, which I thought this was badass as hell. Yeah. So Marie Laveau may or may not have had a snake she called zombie. No, I can't deal with that. Anyway. Anyway. What's this hoodoo snake shit? It's just, I don't know. So she may or may not have had a snake. Named Zombie. Named Zombie. Which which is is an awesome name. Which is named after a snake god from Haitian and West African lore. Oh, that's cool. Okay. The next one is, she may or may not have had created like this persona of divination that was supported by a network of informants she developed while working as a hairdresser in a prominent white household. That's amazing. And that she appeared to excel at obtaining inside information on her wealthy patrons by instilling fear in their servants. So these are just like a couple mysterious things surrounding her death. So she's generally believed to have been buried in this family crypt in the St. Louis Cemetery in New Orleans, but no one really knows where she is. 
She's probably still alive. She, maybe. Who knows? But there is this tradition of visitors drawing an X on her supposed tomb, turning around three times, knocking on the tomb, and just screaming their wishes into the tomb. And if it's granted, you have to come back and like circle the X you made and leave her like some kind of offering. So if I go visit New Orleans and do this. <laughs> yes. And make a wish. I got to haul my ass back <laughs> if it happens. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, New Orleans is like a very beautiful place, so it's not the worst thing that could happen. Okay. So you know what time it is? What time is it, Tara? Witches in the news. Witches in the news. Witches in the news. It's time. What's going on? All right, guys. So there have been six people arrested for abetting witch hunting in India this past week. Bacolia police arrested six people who accused a couple of being witches, beat the couple, find them, like find them, like for cash, and banish them from their village. Holy crap. So within like the past year. And the AWHPPA is the Assam Witch Hunting Prohibition Prevention and Protection Act that was signed into law of June this year has said that it is illegal to brand people as witches in India. Signed into law this year, June, this year. That's ridiculous. 2018. 2018. So the couple is now back in the village and these six people have been arrested. And so they're waiting to see what happens from that but it looked like it could be up to like max was seven years imprisonment okay but like once you're branded a witch even like it's illegal to brand someone as a witch like you are a social outcast yeah like that is going to follow you forever yeah like their lives will never be normal so they need some reparations baby to make this better that's a lot of people and to be beaten yeah in the 21st century to be banished from your village yeah that's outrageous it's crazy that's awful I mean, I guess it's good that they're not allowing that to happen anymore. Yeah, but they also don't allow, like, honor killing. So, and that still happens. That's true. What but is the law, honestly? What is the law? Arbitrary. All right, and the fun one. The we fun keep one. talking about the chilling this is adventures. A sad episode. <laughs> no, I think this is really interesting. So we keep talking about the chilling adventures of Sabrina the Teenage Witch because we are obsessed with it personally. But the Satanic Temple is suing Netflix and Warner Brothers for $150 million for using the statue of the demon god Baphomet in the chilling adventures of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. So what statue is this, if you're like wondering? When they are in the Witch Academy, it's in this the basically the common room, the common hallway is that huge statue of the goat, the Satan goat. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of scenes that are just strategically, because it's a cool backdrop, you know? Like, oh, man, it looks really gorgeous. cool. I recognize it immediately. Good. I was like, I know this statue. Great. And so they have a lot of the scenes take place right in front of the statue. So the Satanic Temple is saying that by this Netflix show using that statue that it infringes on their copyrights, violated its trademark, and caused injury to its business reputation. Lucian Greaves, who is one of the heads of the Satanic Temple, was quoted in an article with CNBC saying, to have that all at once entirely eclipsed by some Netflix show by a production department who did a Google image search, a lot of people who haven't heard of us first stand to just recognize that monument as the Sabrina Monument, which dilutes and denigrates the entire project. I feel like people will now go to that yeah. just for an image with the Sabrina statue. Yeah. I can totally see that perspective. I can see that perspective. However, I don't necessarily agree. So tell me why. So Satanism is a religion for all of our like innocent-eared participants, podcast listeners out there. Satanism is a religion. I know it's pleasure-based. It seemed to me, when described to me, that Satanism is all about indulging in, like, earthly pleasures. And, like, if it feels good, do it. If it doesn't feel good, don't do it. Yeah. And that, like, we should really recognize our human nature instead of trying to control it through some deity's structure of what is right and wrong. And a lot of Christian theology is all about the suffering. Yeah. Like, the suffering Christ went through, the suffering you need to get through to be, like, a moral and reverent person. And so Satanism is a bit the opposite of that. But mostly Satanists aren't even really claiming to be like devil worshiping. I think it's more of a, we're calling ourselves Satanists 
to show you the opposite end in a very yeah. in-your-face kind of way. It seems, yeah, that they, a lot of people actively say that they don't worship the devil. They don't worship Satan, but like Satanism as an ideology. Yeah, it's basic stuff too. It's like treating people with respect, like mm-hmm. general stuff like that. But so the Satanic Temple is not the Church of Satan, which that is where Satanism was founded. So the Church of Satan says of the Satanic Temple, that the satanic temple is known for childish PR stunts that are not in any way representative of the apolitical, individualistic, and atheist religion of Satanism. So the Church of Satan does not care that there is a demon god goat statue in the chilling adventures of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. The satanic temple, Mm. which basically is the stir the pot organization that doesn't necessarily prescribe to what Satanism offers, they're not necessarily within that church, are the ones making a big deal out of it, suing for a lot of money. But their names are so similar that if everyone's like, oh, well, the Satanic Temple, Satanists are blah, blah, blah. They are actually not in the same league as Satanists. Like a Satanic Temple is more of an organization and Church of Satan is the church, the religious organization. Oh, so this is just a money grab. So this is a money grab. Yeah. Fuck you. Kind of is. But the Satanic Temple, Indiegogo'd about $20,000 to make this Baphomet statue. And, I mean, they're pretty similar. Like, if you look at the statue that they created versus the one that's in Sabrina, they are pretty similar. Also, I feel like I've seen that statue. or There's one in Detroit. Similar statues in... A lot of art. No, like in shops, like... Like yeah. metaphysical shops. Mm-hmm. Like it's everywhere. It is everywhere. And one of the first paintings of Baphomet is like 16th century painting, which looks pretty similar to this one. Wow. In Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I mean, obviously the production design department shouldn't just blindly be like, okay, well, I like how this looked. Let me just recreate that. They should have their own flair to it to make it the show's own. But it's also so similar. I feel like the Satanic Temple has a case, but it feels so money grabby that it's kind of like, all right. Like as artists, I mean, you and I are creative types, like this case could actually really impact how we make as artists throughout the rest of our career. Because if, if we're not allowed to reference anything directly, like, how are you supposed to pay homage and how are you supposed to talk about things yeah that are going on politically like i understand like like you don't want to steal mm-hmm. and you don't want to appropriate certain kinds of imagery but like it's also one of the like foundational things of art yeah like that everybody art has been that steals. way for years yeah, yeah and it's like it's like that in rap music it's like yeah. that in music everything's like sampled and yeah it I is it's part of like a bigger creative conversation but that's why i'm I think they could get money from it. I think they could settle indefinitely. The Satanic Temple could receive money. I don't think they'd be getting their whole $150 million, But, you know. Wait, wait, wait. What am I reading right here? What? The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina the Teenage Witch will have a winter episode called The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, A Midwinter's Tale. Premieres on Netflix on December 14th. What? That's our last bit of Witches in the News. This is my first time reading this. Hey. Merry Christmas to me. Look, our news is relevant. (laughs) Okay. So, so that was Witches in the News. Witches in the News. Thanks, Alicia. You're welcome, Tara. Okay, so we've come to our final segment. Whoop, whoop. All right, so what was it? Divination through pie making? Divination through pie making. Tara, tell us more. I will. So, in our last episode, we talked about how, and our third episode is going to come out around Thanksgiving. It's going to suck. It sucks every year. It's hard to be around family, especially because we're only around them because they are family and we have to love them because they are family. So what I've done is I've assembled a list of different kinds of pies you can make for Thanksgiving and what they mean and how you can create, you know, magic in your life through cooking and feeding your family. Tara, I love pies. I know you do. That's why I did this. Oh my God, this is for me. (laughs) My birthday continues. (laughs) Happy late birthday. Thank you. You too. Oh, thanks. <laughs> so I have I have assembled a series of different kinds of fruit pies, but this is not an all-encompassing list. This is a small list because the list that I had had like 80 different things, and I don't think anyone has ever made an avocado pie. That sounds disgusting. Yeah, it sounds interesting. So the first one is the apple pie, which is, I feel like is a signature. America. American Thanksgiving pie. At least my mother makes a lot of apple pies. So apple pies are wonderful for spirit work, they're wonderful offerings, and they're going to bring love 
healing wisdom into your life. The next one is blueberry, which is wonderful for protection, banishment, and curses. So you know who you're going to give that blueberry pie to. That first person that comes into your mind, that ex from high school, Mm -hmm. we know, we know. Mm -hmm. The next is blackberry pie, which is for protection, fertility, and funerals, and the afterlife. So don't give blackberry pie to grandma. Don't give, or maybe give blackberry pie to grandma. Are you in the will? I just, I want her gold. I want her gold. Where have you hidden it? Her jewelry is so pretty. (laughs) It's probably all costume jewelry. Like our grandmas were like buying jewelry in the 60s and 70s. So it's probably all worthless. Let's see. Next one is cherry pie for lust, love, and fertility. So if you desperately want to get your friend's hot brother to fuck you. Mm. This one... You go, girl. You want a baby? This is the pie. Cherry pie, baby. Get what you deserve. Pop that cherry. Next one is cranberry pie, which is for blood magic. What? I don't know what that is, and I'm terrified. Is that Avatar? I don't know. The blood bending? That was such a scary episode. That was a terrifying episode. Next one is for Marcel. It's a pumpkin pie, and it's for healing and prosperity. Marcel's going to make a cute pumpkin pie for Thanksgiving. Dude, his pumpkin pie is delicious how is it what makes it so special it's like it's probably love but you just know how like the crust and some parts of pumpkin pie can just seem kind of dry yeah like it's all moist in like the good way like the way that the word moist should be used Mm. like it's so good it's just hearty and heartfelt and full of love just like marcel it's beautiful okay uh next is a pear pie which is good for money you want a rich husband tara this is the pie Were you going to tell mama? My mom's going to make a pear pie now. (laughs) And then the last one is strawberry pie, which is for love, wishes, dreams, and happiness, which is just the Disney princess of pies. Never heard of a strawberry pie. Have you never had a strawberry pie? No. Well, it's like, I guess I've had a strawberry cobbler. I've had strawberry shortcake. I've had a strawberry. Yes. (laughs) Hmm. So just a couple little things. If you want to add potency to your magic, you can add a sigil, which is a symbol that you can inscribe into an object that then attracts that kind of energy to that object. So what you could do is you could write the sigil into the crust of the pie, or you could lay out, if you want to have secrets, if Mm. you're really after grandmama's gold, is you can lay out the fruit in the form of the sigil, put the crust on top, secret death pie, (laughs) secret death pie. I have a question with that though. Okay. Are you going to be eating parts of pie that have no fruit in them? That's what it feels like I to me. I thought that it was like you'd fill it with them and then you'd put extra on top that makes the uh, situation. <laughs> I just thought this was like bare bones pie. <laughs> just, I was like, no one's going to like your pie. You're not getting shit from grandma. <laughs> so we haven't gone over sigils yet, but what I'm going to do in the Instagram feed, which is at which yes, I'm going to put in a couple sigils for you guys that you can then put into your pies for Thanksgiving. And this has been Which Yes. yes. Which Yes is produced by Marcel Perez, creative director by Mallory Porter. Music is by Kevin McLeod at Incomptech.com. And your hosts are Alicia Herder and Tara Kett. Oh, that's me. Have a witchy Wednesday. Have a witchy Wednesday. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.